Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 A very good Ben. You put a little bit of extra sauce on the every week, and I have to say, I love it. Benjamin, sure look it. We've got an absolute crapload of uh, <laughs> things to look at this week. For example, there are two brand new trailers: Marvel's What If Ben, which begs the question, Ben, what if? And also The Witcher season two, which begs the question, also what if there was a Witcher season two? Then Benjamin, we've seen Black Widow, and we're going to review it with a delicious amount of spoilery spy spoilers and. Loki episode 5 was on, Benjamin, and it was absolutely chock-a-block with references and hints and throwbacks. And we'll probably spend too long talking about it to the point of boringness. Sure, listen, Michael, if you don't pass away from boredom after listening to us talk about it for so long, you can then listen to us talk about Superman, the original 1978 movie and subsequent sequel in 1980. Because, unfortunately, this week, Michael, Richard Donner passed away. Legend of cinema Richard Donner, Ben. Yeah, legend of cinema, Richard Donner passed away. So, RIP to him. Great episode start. Let's go. Benjamin. Yeah. Before we move on with anything this week on the on the Chirluck Listen, the, the pop culture podcast, the podcast that takes a pop culture, yes. did you do your due diligence and look into the life of Richard Donner to make sure he wasn't a bad egg before we do this episode? Uh, no, I didn't do that, Michael. I had a little look, Ben, and I can't find anything bad. People seem <laughs> to like him. That'd be a first, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. So, fingers crossed we're not looking back on this in five years and going, oh, oh no. Oh, oh I wish we bloody hadn't hell. That. We probably should have waited for them to read the will. Yeah. Um, That's why we had the Harvey Weinstein episode. <laughs> I do erase a lot of that stuff. Yep. It wasn't Harvey Weinstein great for cinema. <laughs> he was one of the Ooh. best. Him and Ike Perlmutter, <laughs> two of the best lads. Just <laughs> a grand bunch of lads. Benjamin. Um, yeah. But look. Unlike um, us, who can go back and erase our mistakes in time, sometimes... No, we can't. No, well, we can just delete the episodes. Sometimes, Benjamin, <laughs> you ask yourself, what if? That's one of the worst segues I've ever done. Ben, there was, was a, there was a trailer for the new series, What If? And it's quite good. Michael, uh, the, the What If series is actually exciting me beyond reason. They used to be so much fun as as comics because I, I remember back in the day, Michael, LimeWire. Do you remember LimeWire? No, Benjamin, I've never engaged in any act of piracy. <laughs> well, I did when I was about, oh, I'd, say, I'd say it was about 13, 14, 15, Benj- maybe. Benjamin, I tell a lie. I briefly served aboard a ship on the Horn of Africa, but that was the different type of piracy. <laughs> Back in the old days when you used to wear an eye patch for no reason, then surprise people by going, "Ah, I've got the boat." I've got two eyes. I'm a messer. <laughs> I'm a messer. Which actually wasn't uncommon for pirates, if you believe the apocryphal myth that they used it to go below deck, Michael. Oh yeah, yeah. For uh, yeah. for keeping the old sun out of the eye. Yeah, so you'd have an old dark vision eye yeah. at all times. Mm. Uh, anyway, none of that. Relevant what are we to talking about? <laughs> Back in the LimeWire days, Michael, when you wanted to give your computer just the worst viruses mm, known to yeah, man, yeah. you could go and have a look at stuff. And I discovered LimeWire. And if you typed in Marvel Comics and you wanted to get yourself a comic book, a lot of the titles that were available to you were What Ifs, Michael, oh, from way back very in the good. 70s or 80s. What If, and Ben. they were great crack. What If you gave your commu- computer computer chlamydia? Yeah, well, there was no what if there, Michael. We found out <laughs> just what was um, <laughs> in the case of my poor computer. But yeah, so we got the the trailer for What's If. This is our second trailer seeing that. A little bit more in depth, Michael. Some more some more nuggets sprinkled on top there for us to num 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 num. Some pretty interesting stuff. Benjamin, sexual health is very important. And if any of our listeners think they might have chlamydia or any other STI, they should contact their GP. We've included the link to the HSC website. Down <laughs> no, we haven't. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yes, that's, that's gone too far yes, for a are. joke. That's gone no, it too isn't. far. No, it isn't. Oh, no. Check the link in the bio oh, um, well, to the HSC. That's great. So anyway, uh, Michael, what did you think of the trailer? Benjamin. I thought it was quite good. For one thing, <laughs> for one thing, I have to say probably my favourite thing about it is... At no point does it say Chadwick Boseman in his last performance. Yeah, that was a real risk, wasn't it? I <laughs> love it. I love the restraint of that. 
Yeah, it was good. I I don't know. We still we still might see it in trailer three, Michael. <laughs> There's always a chance. Ben. There's always There's a always chance. chance. But I, do you know what? I feel like Kevin Feige, and again, I'm putting myself at risk here mm. because could be in five years' time we find out Kevin Feige's the worst. But I feel like he's one of the good ones. I feel like Kevin Feige's an all right guy. Now I've just tempted the universe Uh-oh. in a serious way there. Oh. <laughs> But I feel like he's got a bit of restraint about him. Oh God! Occasionally, I don't know why you've said that. I don't know why I've said that. I've ruined my broadcasting reputation. But uh, yeah, so one of the things that I'm really excited about is the animation style. It looks very slick. It looks a lot more consistent than I thought it was going to be when they announced it. I thought it was going to be quite like the Matrix um, Reloaded or whatever that was called. The Animatrix. Do you remember the Animatrix, Ben? Oh, the Animatrix is mental. Or I thought it was going to be like Love and Robots where every episode was different. But it looks like it's very consistent. Yes, it's a what-if style of animation. They've got the same team of animators to do every episode by the looks of things. Which is nice for a consistency basis. It is, but also not that exciting from an artistic basis. Perhaps a a missed opportunity, you think, Michael? Who wouldn't have loved if the 50s Captain America one was in the Fleischer style? That would have been great. Mm. Oh, now you're... Oh, you know what I Michael, mean? what if? Who wouldn't have loved, Ben, if the Guardians of the Galaxy, but this time it's Black Panther, was in the Masters of the Universe 80s cartoon shonky animated style? Oh, Michael, no. You know what I'm what saying? What if? A little bit of a missed opportunity here. A little bit of a what if, if, you know, that's where I was going, but you jumped the gun and ruined it on me. But, um, yeah, look... look it, you decided it, to enter the dojo... With a podcasting co-host who's relatively good at picking up on cues. Don't like it. If you don't want me to take the joke, don't set them up. No, all right. Well, I won't do any more jokes. <laughs> no more no jokes. No more jokes. Welcome to Sherlock sure Listen, the podcast that's done away with jokes. Yeah. Benjamin, look at Killmonger <laughs> there saving Tony Stark. What's that about, Michael? What's that about? I don't know what what if that's going to be. Like, does Killmonger suddenly have superpowers? Uh, no, I don't think he did. Because what he does, Michael, is he picks up a rocket and he chucks it far enough away that it's not Oh, you reckon he has super soldier serum? He must have something, because you don't just... Hang on, Michael. You don't just go wandering around and going, well, what's this? A- an ill-timed rocket? Well, you <laughs> might do, Ben. Ben, do you know our friend Jim, our mutual friend Jim? Yes, Jim. Mutual friend Jim. Mutual friend Jim. He has an arm. He's not the biggest man in the world, Ben, but he has an arm on him like an absolute cannon. And if he picked up an aerodynamic rocket and threw it, you wouldn't even see it. It would go so far. Jim's chock full of surprises. He's chock full of surprises, Ben. Don't let him throw something at you. He'll take your head off. He's got a cannon arm. He's got an arm on him like a cannon. It's it's, It's spectacular to see. And did he save Tony Stark? No, that was Killmonger. Eric Killmonger. Oh. Okay, sorry, sorry. I was confusing with Jim, mutual friend. Mutual friend Jim. No, he's not in it. I don't believe he's in. Benjamin, anyway, look, (laughs) I think it looks quite good. I'm excited for it. I like that it's, I do like the fact that it looks like it's going for a basically this is in-universe style. And it's, it's not, um, it's not just what if Tony Stark had never been born. It is one, do you know our mutual friend Ben, Nando V Movies? Yes. Where he makes one... not our friend. No, no, we've never met him. Uh, But you know where he makes uh, videos where he does one small change? Yeah. It's basically that, but in film. His his one small change series, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is phenomenal. Very good. (laughs) That man should be hired as a script doctor on every Marvel movie ever. One of the best. (laughs) Benjamin, hindsight hindsight is 20-20. It's very easy to go back and make one small change in a film that's already been made. As... uh, Fair. As Richard Lester showed us, Ben, but we'll talk about that later. But we'll talk about that bloody later. Talk about that later. Um, so, uh, Michael, one of my favourite things about it is there's now a theory that it's going to be a direct result of the Loki television series. Mm, um, makes sense. So we're going to get that that spiralling, multiversal uh, reimagining. Perhaps, well, I won't get into it now, Michael, but... Um, Oh, well, I'm gonna, I actually am going to get into it. I reckon... Go on. I reckon... Go on. And spoilers if you haven't seen Loki. We're not jumping into Loki yet. But I reckon maybe uh, Loki and Sylvia are going to find themselves a, a Watcher. Oh. Uh, in prison somewhere. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Uh, what do you think of that? But Michael, 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 Benjamin. we're not here to talk about that just yet. Mm. Just yet. What we're going to do now is we got a bloody trailer yesterday, Michael, as of recording. As of today's recording, yesterday, on a Sator day... Yes. We got the trailer for The Witcher Season 2. Yes, the day named in honour of the day Thor sat down, I believe. Yes, sat Thor. Yes, very good. Benjamin. 
The Witcher yeah. season two, starring our mutual friend and acquaintance Henry Cavill. Yeah, our best pal. Our best pal, Henry Cavill. We play World of Warcraft together and paint uh, miniature figures. And spend time on Reddit. And spend time on Reddit. We're best pals. We have a little wrestle. We have a little wrestle. I have a little wrestle with Henry Cavill. And he kicked your ass. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Um, he wouldn't have a chance. He's a mountain of a man. Wouldn't have Michael. a chance, Ben. Look, one of he's these a days, Ben. Mountain of a man. One of these days, we're going to settle this. We're going to settle <laughs> this, and you're going to understand. But he's that's, a mountain of a man. That is currently irrelevant, Benjamin, because The Witcher season two is coming, and Siri looks different. <laughs> Siri looks different, and I actually had to check Michael. I didn't know if they'd recast her. I was like, "Hmm, they've aged her up a bit." Here, they've aged her up a bit, Michael. They gave her some eyebrows. Yeah, they made her a young adult instead of a child. Um, And it's interesting because it looks to be more aligned to the video game um, version of Siri. And what's interesting about that, Michael, is that they said they weren't going to do that. They said they were based completely on the books. Oh, is this? Do you need me to beat Henry Cavill up to get revenge, Ben? No, I, I don't need no. Okay, I won't. Then. No, no, I won't beat There's up. No need for. I won't beat up our mutual friend Henry Cavill. Michael, let's be very, very clear here. Yeah. If you went up against Henry Cavill, yes. he'd kick your ass. All right, let's, Benjamin. Let's be. We all, we all. This is going to result in you getting Henry Cavill beaten up. How are you going to feel about that? <laughs> How are you going to feel about being the person responsible? I feel worse if I end up getting you beat up no, by fine. the mountain of a man that's Henry Cavill. Ben, talk about The Witcher Season 2. Stop winding me up on purpose. Stop pushing my he's, buttons. He, I don't like having my buttons. He's built pushed. like a barn door. Oh, well, I'm going I'm to beat you up. You're lucky this is a distance <laughs> podcast now. That's not a victory. Beating me up is the, is the, the bar on the ground. It's not <laughs> a victory, Ben. It's a salve. It's a bomb. <laughs> a Benjamin bomb. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, one of the one of the major differences um, that made fans do a double take is the fact that Siri has been aged up considerably, Michael. Mm. Um, she, she's a lot rough and tougher. She's going to have to be a bit sexy by season three, Ben, so it's probably for the best. Oh, boo. Isn't she an adult in the video games? She's, no, she's still like a ward. She's, she's... A young adult. It's, um... <sighs> She's she's played. It's that it's that classic kind of Riverdale trope now, where it's like, oh, I'm a teenager, but I'm actually a 32 year old woman. Look at me in my skirt, which is ridiculous. Um, and they do that. And uh, number one, Michael, it cre- creates woefully unrealistic expectations for young people. Boo. Um, and second of all, it's that weird thing where lechery creeps in there and you're like, why'd you do that? Mm. No need. Mm. Just have just have a, a female teenage character and maybe don't shoot her exploitively. But or, wasn't she you know, played by an adult in the first place? Isn't that... Ben, I don't think we're going to win the battle against Hollywood casting women as children. Probably not. But Benjamin, this week I've been watching a series on Netflix, which we'll Come get on. back to next week. I've been watching okay. the new horror anthology movie series Fear Street. Have you heard of it or seen it? I've heard of it. I've seen I've I've seen little snippets of the first one. And Fear Street, it's very good, Ben, but we'll talk about it next week because it's a very interesting concept. But Fear Street has 28-year-old actors playing the role of 17-year-olds. It's a classic. Classic, Ben. It's a classic, classic. and it's weird. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, they probably do need it to be a bit older. They probably do need it to be a bit tougher for the stunt roles that are coming. It looks like, Michael... Yes. It looks like we're going to get some faithful book retellings. Oh. Um, we see one scene where there's a bat-like creature uh, flying around Henry Cavill. And we see another scene where there's a bear-like man in clothing. Oh. Um, and that's from one of the fan-beloved mini-stories, or short stories as they're commonly called. Man-bear. Um, of man-bear and vampire lady are in love. Oh, and then good. the witcher ruins it. Oh, what a prank. Um, so it's in the first Someone should beat him uh, novelization. Up, <laughs> the last wish someone should beat him up um, if only we knew a big strong strapping man who could do it if only but we don't neither of us know someone who could do that a salve so. Ben a salve on my <laughs> ego it will be um, <clears throat> so looks like we're going to be getting that it looks like we're moving into the series going to be a witcher territory of of the the show yeah um, they go back to the keep where uh, we kind of have a oh you son of a bitch you're back hey, you. moment Jeff Winger you son of a bitch you made it yeah exactly so we've got a we've got a little bit of that going on mm. um, very Game of Thrones aesthetics mm. lots of snow Michael yeah. lots of keeps very the night watch of, you know very the night watch mm. um, only with witchers and aside from that Michael we don't get a whole lot a whole we find lot. out 
no, we find out that Triss is gone. They've just removed her character because she's not a major character. So it's like, eh, we won't put Triss in the trailer. Yeah. But we do get a little uh, a little glimpse of Yennefer just there at the end of the trailer. Just a little glimpsy wimpsy though. Yeah, she's been kid- kidnapped, mm. uh, Michael, by the looks of things, by the evil lady witch from, from season one. Am I as excited as I thought it would be based on that trailer? No. No, me neither. I was ben. just like, <laughs> I haven't gotten much out of that trailer. Mm. I've just been like, okay. It, okay. It's basically, um, hey guys, Season two's coming. What do you think of that? And we're like, oh yeah, probably watch it. I mean, give me a bit more. No, okay, good. Okay, well then, good Ben, <laughs> because I have to say that leads nicely into our next segment. It does. It Benjamin, does. you and I have seen the new Marvel film from 2019, Black Widow. <laughs> we have seen it, Michael, and. Ooh, ooh, we we saw it, Michael. We did see it, Ben. Ben, before it, anybody else saw it, because put in your little famous spoiler break first. Well, no, no. Oh, we're going to do no spoilers <laughs> for the beginning. There's, okay. there's no need for this because everybody has seen the entire movie in the trailer. A very good, Ben. I see what you've done. There's no need for us to discuss spo- spoilers because you've already seen the damn thing, Benjamin. You've seen the film. You've seen it all. You've seen every last blooming second of it. Now. Benjamin, you might argue that usually Marvel are quite good at this. Uh, leaking. No, not leaking. Oh, okay. They, yeah, but you see, this is what happens, Michael, when you have to put out a movie that you don't really care about anymore because you've moved into phase four of your cinematic universe and you're really focused on plowing forward with brand new characters, plot lines and converging everything together. I disagree there, actually. I think this is what happens okay. when you have to try and keep the hype up for a movie for 18 months. Well, that that too. I was like, what, that too. what will we release this week? We have to we have to show them something new. What can we show them? Show them Taskmaster doing a flip. And I, we've already shown all of Taskmaster's flips. Do you want us Let's to go back a new flip? Do you want us to go back and film a new flip? And like, no, just uh, flip the footage and have Taskmaster yeah, flip, flip, flip the other direction. Flip you mean left to right? No, backwards. A backwards flip. Like, oh, fucking hell. There's <laughs> there's no more footage to show. Ben. What about David Harbour being out of shape? Nah, yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, 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 Stick that. that all in the trailers. Every last bit of it. <laughs> now, Benjamin, you might argue that this is our own faults. Or, as we would say in Dublin, it's yizzer own faults. Okay. Because we've watched all of those... Um, behind the scenes and upcoming featurettes and but I haven't even done that anymore I stopped watching them me too because and I, I still knew <laughs> and I still been and there's documentary evidence of this because we record a weekly podcast on pop culture called sure look sure listen the pop culture podcast that pops but look at we have pop filters isn't it uh, well I think it's lucky that we have me do the introduction to be honest yeah 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 good yeah yeah, yeah yeah and um, Benjamin <laughs> Over the last few weeks, I was hoping against hope that perhaps everything we'd seen in the trailers was from the first 20 minutes and we no. were in for a big twist. And not at all. Benjamin, do you remember Gardens, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2? Do you remember that film? Yes, where we looked at Groot and his extended family as they traversed through the universe yes. as a prequel. Gardens yes. of the Galaxy. Benjamin, I remember almost not enjoying Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2 because it was so unexpected and it went in so many places that I had no yeah. idea it was going to go because they only told us things from the first 20 minutes. Endgame, Ben, the first time we saw Endgame, we had to hold hands. It was such a roller coaster. Michael, Endgame was the emotional experience. I had never, never gone to a cinema prior to Endgame and come out genuinely being like, ah, ah, ah. there's too much. There's too much here that you haven't prepared us for. I they, wasn't ready. They kept smart Hulk secret, Ben. Yeah, how? They kept how? They kept fat Thor secret. How? They kept everything secret, but not in Black Widow, Benjamin. Nope, they just gave everything. So everything. we should probably, Michael. Yeah. we should probably, Michael, do full spoilers here. All right. Um, for all the difference, and we're it makes. doing. <laughs> for all the difference it makes, we're doing big, heavy spoilers. Listen away now, but do come back. Do come back. Otherwise, though. it'll fuck our metric. Yeah. Um, do listen away and then come back if you haven't seen it yet. If you're interested in seeing it, stay away. Okay. Although it makes no difference. No, although it makes, it makes no, no difference. difference whatsoever. So, Michael, this is this is supposed to be 
Black Widow's swan song. I always pronounce that swan song. Swan song. So this is supposed to be Black Widow's swan song. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, yes. I've never seen someone botch a swan song quite as well as they've botched this one. Well, first of all, totally disagree with that. 80% okay. of all swan songs are botched. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I That's don't fair. think this is a botch, to be honest. Okay, Ben, let's get it out of the way first. I think this is fine to... Mm. I mean that's that's the best way to describe yeah. it. It's do you know what it is? Go on. And this is this is going to get me in trouble right off the bat. Go on. It, it's it's far better than Captain Marvel. We should have gotten that before Captain Marvel. I would say it's marginally better than Captain Marvel. I would okay. say um it's if if Black Panther Ben didn't have the wide-reaching social and political ramifications that it did. Yes. It's so strip away the fact that, you know, the it was the first ever, uh, it wasn't the first ever black-led superhero movie. But let's imagine that all of those social political things around Black Panther didn't exist. Yes. This is nearly as good as Black Panther would be if all the characters were white. <laughs> you know, it's on that Fair. level, you know. It, yeah, you're not wrong. You're it's, not wrong. It's, it's a fairly boilerplate plot. It's has highs and lows in acting and delivery does it, it, it there are, all right, oh in like, acting and delivery yeah. sorry yes and absolutely. you know in action I you sequences stakes. <laughs> oh stakes complete and other waste of time um, yeah it's yeah it's it's uh, my biggest issue with it Ben here's my biggest issue with this okay film that has good points okay. is that it doesn't have a tone so this is my great gripe with this the first 10 minutes of that film yeah Michael yeah blow the rest of the film out of the water yes the first 10 minutes are very good although desperately needed to be set in the 60s not the 90s what was that about (laughs) (laughs) what was that about classic Russian spies in America in the 90s it was the TV show The Americans Ben but in the 90s but in the wrong time in the era of Ali McBeal Um, so one of my favourite things about this is we get a very, very interesting lead-in to a Marvel film. Shot very stylistically, um, tonally very strong, some very interesting implications uh, for what was going on between America and Russia at the time. Mm-hmm. There's that very kind of harrowing scene of tra- child trafficking yeah, and, no good. and stuff there. A lot of really strong tones there. A lot of really interesting things. Really believe that uh, Natasha might have had some serious proper like trauma Boiling down there under the boil plate. And then they just throw all that out. Yeah, forget about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. They throw all that out. They have this amazing scene where all the family kind of land on a a boat. And they have to meet Russian handler Ray Winstone, which we'll get to in a bloody minute. And, you know, we actually believe they were a family for half a second. Mm, We actually believe all the things that we were led to believe. And then they just throw all that out because we want a few snarky quips from mum and dad. I know, it's bonkers. Also, the the mother and father character get a complete rewrite. Um, They just change. They just change. Because you can make this out. Okay, so let's, let's take a look at this is I'm sorry I'm going to get really animated here All because right, okay. this is the most bizarre moment of the film Go on. there's a moment in that opening scene yes. where uh, Rachel Weiss's character comes up David Harbour's character calls her over they have a quiet tense parent discussion yeah. and she says oh no yeah. oh no don't say now mm-hmm. don't say it has to be and he's like yes I'm sorry there's and that's off screen from the kids that's not for their benefit yeah. they're not being watched by the United States police yeah. force at they that have moment. perfect American accents they have perfect American accents. And all of a sudden, the next time we see them, they're caricatures. Yeah, she's like a, she's a stiff, kind of emotionless weirdo. And he's a buffoon. Russian scientist lady. And he's a buffoon. <laughs> he's an absolute buffoon with comedy Russian accent. Not quite as good as we do last week. And it's such a shift only. Oh, bonkers. And then... Yeah. And then you have Florence Pug, who throws it all off by giving a genuinely relatively decent performance. Well, first of all, Ben, I actually think Vice and uh, in... Well, Rachel Vice is a, is underutilised, for sure. For sure. She's in it for... She's yeah, weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, weird. it's a shame. It's a shame they don't use Rachel Vice more. I think David Harbour is very good at both things they give him to do. 
which is... Being a buffoon. <laughs> one being a buffoon and the other one being a kind of disgruntled Russian spy dad. Um, and, and he's pretty good. They, they don't sync stealer. up. They don't sync up. But, no. I mean, it's it's devastating how little they give Red Guardian to do. He doesn't even get a fight scene. No, he just gets the shit kicked out yeah. of him by Taskmaster. But, I mean, everything that... Every moment of that fight with Taskmaster and Red Guardian is in the trailers. I yeah, th- oh no, we saw the whole thing. We saw the whole thing. I thought we were going to see that fight. And then it cuts away to what's Florence Pug doing or what's Natasha doing. And you don't even see the fight. So one of the one of the great tragedies there, Michael, is I thought there was a really great potential moment in that for Red Guardian to have his redemption. Yeah, or die. For, for, or die, but that's what I mean. That redemption would have come in the fact that Natasha and uh, Yelena had to get away. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is he could stand between them and, and Taskmaster. And we could have had an amazing scene where we see that, you know, Red Guardian actually did go toe-to-toe with Captain America at some point. He could have caught the Taskmaster shield. He could have, you know, given it his all to beat. And in the end, he might have been beaten by superior strategy. But we could have seen Red Guardian in all his kind of Soviet glory. And we never got that scene, Michael. Nothing. Ben, there are action figures of David Harbour younger and in shape and in the full we uniform. Never... And I thought we might get a flashback or something. But no. No. Nope. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, right? This film is... It's uh, directed by a woman. It's, okay. It's aimed at women, I okay. would say. Um <laughs> All of the men in this film, Ben, are either unrepentantly evil or yep. incompetent buffoons. Those are your two choices. And I was like watching it, Ben, and I was thinking, is this what women were complaining about for all those years? Because I've had a taste of it and I don't like it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's I guess that's what women do deal with. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's not great, is it? Buffoons are misogynists. Well, <laughs> no, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, okay, the big complaint about female characters for a generation has been they're ah. they're either background characters or sex objects. Ah, okay. You you've taken the you've taken the men being misrepresented on screen. So, well, it's not that men are being misrepresented on screen, but women were de- women were for a generation or two or three, for, probably since the start or of six. history, um, <laughs> yeah. the start of film history, depicted as damsels in distress, background characters, or sex objects. Or sex objects. And now Those this film choices. gives us a taste of our own medicine by having the men either be faceless grunts, comically evil, but still incompetent, or utterly buffoons. There isn't one strong male character in this film, which is interesting. I've had a taste um, of our own medicine, Ben, and I don't like it, is what I'm saying. I'm not a fan. Um, so that brings us to Ray Winston, I suppose. Oh, does it, though? Um, Can we not just say, Ben, Ray Winston had no business in this film and move on? I mean, I think that's fair. Can't do a Russian accent. Sounds English half the time. Why is he even um, doing a Russian accent? I don't get the Russian accent thing. They all have flawless American accents when they're in the USA. Because they've been trained to, yeah, and they're, but they've also been trained to within an inch of their lives, to, yeah. you know, to, to speak perfect English. To be spies. Why are they speaking in English? Why are they speaking in English? <laughs> the, the one excuse they had for it, Ben, was this was a family unit whose history was in, in Ohio. So when they meet up, they default back to English out of habit. Yeah, sure. Perfectly but they would have had American accents. Yes, but not. No pleasure. Drink your vodka and stop slouching. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. But that doesn't explain Ray Winston. No. Why is Ray Winston in this Get film? Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He plays the character of misogyny. But he doesn't even play it well, no, Michael. He, doesn't he just even seems play like well. an out-of-shape old man. Yeah, well, that's misogyny, Ben. That's what misogyny would look like. <laughs> oh, okay. And then misogyny enough. punches Black Widow in the face, but not hard enough. It's yeah. As he's weak. Oh, he, um, the male character's a crap, Ben. Um, but but Ray t- Winston's awful. One of the worst. But there are highlights, and it's not a terrible film. For one, one. Pug is fantastic. She's phenomenal. She's... Uh, uh, do you know what? I felt really, really bad for Scarlett Johansson. Go on. <laughs> um, because she can't hold her own uh, charisma-wise with Florence Pug. I don't think, personally. Mm. This, like, I disagree, Florence, that's the point of a podcast, Florence I Pug, 
I suppose. Florence Pug gets these great liners where she just gets to kind of, she's a perfect younger sibling a lot of the time as well. Like where she makes fun of um, Natasha's kind of superhero landings yeah, very and good. the hair flicks and stuff. Like that's perfect younger sibling. Like, who, who do you think you are? Yeah. What are you doing, you big dumbass? Little Needland, you big dumbass. And I just think she steals a lot of the scenes that she's in. I think um, I think it's really interesting. The dinner table scene. Yes. Um, where they all sit around the table. Scarlett Johansson kind of fades into the background of that scene because they put all these loud voices and big characters around her. Mm. Um, and because Black Widow has been handled by so many different writers, mm. we've never gotten a true line on who Natasha Romanoff is. Exactly, but hashtag who even is Natasha Romanoff? Uh, hashtag, yeah, exactly. And is she a sex pot? Is she a femme fatale? Is she a secret leader of the Avengers? Is she a, a broken super woman? Spy? Is she What is like, she? What, what is she? She's whatever you want her to know. be. And then what we get is we get three very distinct characters. We get the spy who never got to come in from the cold mm. in Florence Pug. Pug. We get stereotypically, you know, Russian scientist lady. Mm-hmm. And we get stereotypically Soviet golden age man. Slash buffoon. Slash buffoon. Say what you want about those characters, um, Michael. But fundamentally, we understand who they are. And yet we've never gotten that with Natasha yeah. Romanoff. Who is We're Black still Widow? there going, I don't get, like, what, what's your place in this? Why has she got blue hair in the, in the flashback? She's edgy. Why is she a little girl with dyed blue hair? She's edgy, what? Ben. She's always been an individualist. Get out of here. She's never been an individualist. She spent her entire life blending in with other people. Benjamin. Get out of town. Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. Pug is great, though. And all credit Pug to Pug is her. great. Pug is fantastic. I will be very, phenomenal. very happy for her to carry the torch. One of the yes. most interesting things, Ben, is the post-credit scene. Oh. So, so this is set, Ben. This film is set. This is such a nitpick, and this is for nerds only. So, if you're nerds not a nerd, only. what are you listening for, Ben? Yeah, was, I mean, this, just keep listening. It's this, great. For us. Yeah, please do. This movie is set in 2017. Yes, and in between, in between civil, well, directly after civil war, like the the next day after yeah. civil war and infinity war and infinity war. Yeah, so a lot of wars, so many, um, and Benjamin. That was twenty seventeen. So this yes. is set in twenty seventeen. Yes. Then there's the Infinities War. Yes. And is it four or five years that pass after the snap? I think it's five, isn't it? The snap is a five-year gap. I thought it was four, but it might be five. And then it's been probably close to a year since everyone got returned in the current timeline. So between the last time we see Pug getting onto the Soviet helicarrier's jet thing and when we see her with Contessa Allegra de Fontaine, about nine years have passed. Give or take. Yeah, (laughs) that's a bit mad. It's a jump. That's a massive time jump for Pug to look exactly the same. Unless Pug got snapped. Oh, well then, then it's only four. Then it's only four, in which case she's been working for Contessa Allegra, da 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 yeah. Which would make sense because the Contessa has only been building her Thunderbolts since the, the return of the, the blip, I think. Return or, of the blip. I mean, we're not, we're not really... We'll not really explain that, but what I would imagine is, in the face of this new world chaos... The Contessa Allegra de, 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 mm-hmm. has decided that she needs to bring order in whatever way she can. Ben, I like the dinner tape, the the meeting in a like a pit stop garage dining table where they just kind of casually agree to go and murder a load of people because it sounds like fun. So one of one of the really interesting things there, Michael, is there's an entire Serbian prison that gets wiped out to save David <laughs> Harbour, <laughs> who could have broken out at any time of his and own I've, accord. I've, I've been thinking about this since I've watched the film. Florence Pug causes an avalanche that kills all those men. Yeah, and the guards. And the... And the guards. And nobody bats an eyelid! Yeah, it's like, oh, we killed all those fellas. Is that is that bad? It's like, ah, they were presumably baddies. And then Red Guardian screams out goodbye douchebags. Hang on a minute, it's a Serbian cold prison. There's loads of political prisoners in there. Yeah. Loads of dissenters. And loads of individual people that don't deserve to be there. And they seem to have been your friends, majorly. Like, you're having arm wrestle terms with them. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah, very odd. Very strange. It's a very, very strange peculiar. scene. I am seriously considering doing a TikTok channel for this very podcast, Michael, and being <laughs> my first TikTok being a piss take of that particular scene. They killed it's everyone. It's so messed up. They killed everyone for no reason. And Ben, why was he even in there? 
Because he was a political, I don't know, he locked him up. It's never explained why. Mm. He just says, and then he locked me up. Ben, why? Ben, I have one last question about this film and then we have to move on because we're running short okay, on time. because we're running short on time. Why, Ben, if the Soviets created one successful super, super soldier, <laughs> I really did it in the Soviet accent, super, super soldier. soldier. If they created one and only one successful super soldier, why did they yes, send they him did. undercover in America? Great question, isn't it? Like if he, Great question. If he was the poster boy for Soviet super soldiers, okay, I can yeah. forgive that we haven't heard of him before. You know, you have to forgive that in sprawling multi-film epics. Well, he's buried. Is he, though? He's, like, we should have heard of him because Hulk was created trying to recreate the Captain America formula, the six winter yeah. soldier. We should have heard of this guy that the Russians had a super soldier running around. Someone yeah. should have mentioned it. I can forgive that because that's the nature of long form narratives. You have to sometimes make something up and pretend it was there all along. But it doesn't make sense to have your only super soldier being an undercover dad in America. No, doesn't make any sense and to have that. No reason for it to be that way anyway. They could have just had him be... That was before he was a super soldier. Um, oh, yeah, and then after he's taken back into the fold... Then they make him gets, a super soldier. Yeah. You know? Ah. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to have someone who can flip a multi-ton dumpster with one hand. Does it no bother? Un, un, no bother whatsoever. Almost accidentally he does it. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah. Ben, sorry, one last complaint. Everything from Taskmaster is in the trailer. Everything. Every Everything. last moment except the face reveal, which is uneventful. Michael, speaking of timing and weird, confusing <laughs> characters that we've never heard of, did you see this week's episode of Loki? Benjamin, I saw it and then I saw it again because I was like, there's too many references. I have to go back and watch it, but in slow. I need a bloody double watch. I hate having the double watch. I hate having to double watch. Michael, Michael, yes. the fuckery. What's going on show. now, Ben? What is going oh. on now? What's going on? So, um, we finally... Michael, first of all, first of all, Richard E. Grant. Yes, please. Yes. One of yes, the most please. Richard E. Grants there is. Um, steals that entire episode. I'm sorry. From start to finish, all I cared about was, what's Richard E. Grant's Loki going to do next? I cared about Richard E. Grant and the alligator. They were my two favourite characters. Those are my two favourite characters. Um, oh, Michael, this show is... It's so hard to do a recap of this show because the, the plot isn't actually the important part. No. A lot of the time. No, they fought the monster and they found the boss. They fought the monster and they found the boss, right? But it's everything that gets peppered in on top of that stuff. Mm. Benjamin. So, yeah. I said to you that this year, I said before, and I'm changing what I said before, because it's actually, this show is a love letter to two things. Okay. It's a love letter to the history of Marvel Comics. Yep. And the myths and urban legends of the 20th century. Nice. It's, it's those two things condensed it into is. show. Yeah. Ben. You yeah. run us through the Marvel Comics references nice and quick, nice and lickety-fast, like Quicksilver or The Wizard. So, yeah, we got to see the Thanos copter, Michael, which the is a Thanos copter, insane, <laughs> an insane kind of throwback to the Silver Age of comics. Benjamin, the Thanos copter is when Thanos fought Hellcat and lost and got arrested by the normal police. Oh yeah! Remember when you used to be able to just slap a slap a couple of cuffs on Thanos, and then of course Thanos. that stopped working, Michael, when he got the Infinity Gauntlet because the Infinity Gauntlet was too big for standard issue cuffs. Can't get them over it, and that was the main reason he wore. That was the original reason he wore the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> he kept so getting he was, arrested so he by was, normal <laughs> cops. That's the best joke. That's the most niche nerd joke we've ever made on this podcast. Um, no, Ben, we said no more jokes. <laughs> Benjamin, yeah. there was also Throg and a Mjolnir. Michael, did you know that Chris Hemsworth recorded brand new audio for Throg? Get out of here. That was Chris Hemsworth going rip it, rip it. actually Chris Hemsworth throwing that going, ah, ah, in the jar. It's insanity. It's madness. That and is it's absolute brilliant. insanity. It's brilliant. Not only did they go, will we cut corners and do this? We're like, no, 
Fuck it. Get Hemsworth into the recording booth. Get him in. Absolute insanity. And of it's course, brilliant. the yeah. biggest um, the biggest homage to the golden, the Silver Age of comics, I suppose. I, I, I hereby, Ben, declare that we should rename the Silver Age of comics the Golden Age of Marvel comics. Fair. So the Silver Age of comics were Marvel's Golden Age. That's neither here nor there, Ben. But the real throwback is old Loki. Old Loki, Michael. Now... Yes, go on. Do you remember when we first started getting comic books mo- movies all the way back in X-Men, Michael? Yes. And we said... We said... Ben. Because you and ben. I were producers at the time. Ben. Yeah. That's in direct contradiction to what this week's topic is about. What do you mean? What do you when mean? we first started getting comic book movies in 1978 with Superman. Oh, yeah. In 1978 with Superman. <laughs> Excellent segue for later on in this very episode. Yeah, thank you. Thank but you. But when we first started getting the kind of Marvel comic book films in... Well, I mean, again... The seventies, but okay. When we got the first, X-Men. the new X-Men. wave of the thing, new wave, we got yeah. X Men, right? Mm. And for some you know reason, they said, who, "Go on, who produced that?" You know who produced that? Go on, Richard Donner. Richard Donner, of course he did. Um, so, Michael, one of the interesting things about that was we took a look at the costumes and went, "No, we can't do yellow and blue. That'd be madness. That's too comic booky." Mm. And they said, "Let's just stick them in BDSM gear and see what happens." Mm. And so they went and they did that. But now, Michael, apparently, we can go. Oh yeah, that costume's mental. Those poses are insane. That's a kind of dorky power set. Who wrote that dialogue? And we've gone put it in the show. Put it in. Do put it. Put it in. And they've put gone, it in. Who can do this? What? What human could we get to embody this? And somebody knew and went. Richard E. Grant could do this. I think the original conversation, Ben, went, what about Hugh Grant? Ah! And someone said, hmm, Hugh Grant. That's not a bad choice, but I don't know if he's Richardy enough. And then, hence... And then they said, I think did. we need a more Richardy Grant. So, Michael, one of my, my favourite things that gives this a whole new layer for me, and this is a hot take, Michael. This is a hot take. <laughs> Hold on, I'm still laughing at my okay, Richardy okay. Grant joke. <laughs> All right, go on, do your hot take. This is my hot take. This is genius on a number of levels because one of my favorite reactions to Richard E. Grant is a lot of Americans going, "Who even is this guy?" Mm-hmm. And everybody who's on on these islands has seen Richard and Gra- Richard E. Grant and Strange Things. But one of the things that makes this brilliant is what made Richard Grant famous is a movie called With Nail and I, um, mm. where he plays a very angry, very arrogant young actor. Mm. And if you watch his portrayal in With Nail and I, it's Loki. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Ri- sure. Richard E. Grant's Withnail goes around all the time thinking that he's burdened with glorious purpose. He, he goes mm. on about it as if he's God's gift to humanity. And if you look at the styling of Richard E. Grant, it's eerily similar in Withnail to what we get in Loki in the first Thor film, the second Thor film, and so on and so forth. Before they gave him natural hair, he had that weird slicked back yeah. black do. It's exactly out of Withnail. When we look at Richard E. Grant playing old Loki, he's with Nail grown up. He literally mm. has the benefit of hindsight because he was that arrogant little shit. And then, of course, the, edit, the added little layer, Michael, that we got um, and the thing that has sent, um, the, thing that has sent the, the fans wild is his ship was attacked by Thanos. Yeah. And that so means he, that he's... Yeah, he's our, our Loki. Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His nexus event was that he didn't try and sneaky stab Thanos. He just hid. Yeah, he was just like, no, fuck that. <laughs> bloody um, illusions. Bloody illusions. Um, and, oh, bloody interesting, Michael, wasn't mm. it? Mm. Wasn't it? I'll tell you who turned out to me not very interesting. Go on. The character called Boastful Thor. God, what a waste. What a waste, Ben. And, I mean, his name was obvious because he has one scene in which he boasts and that's why he's called Boastful Thor. So that's, it was so obvious he was a throwaway character. He he was just there to be visually distinctive. Yeah, so it was it was unfortunate. It was it made for a great a great uh, post credit scene. But mm. um, one of the things I found quite disappointing was, was Kid Loki. I, yes. I thought he was uh, actually quite poor. I don't think he did a very good job even of acting against people like Richard mm. E. Grant or... He was a bit, yeah. He, he didn't seem off. like he was the leader. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, even President Loki, Ben, that big reveal that we were expecting was a bit of a... Uh, uh, one pump chump. Damn squib. So we have, I suppose that leads us perfectly into the Loki fight scene, Michael, where Tom Hiddleston's Loki is kind of creeping around as if he's in a Monty Python scene going, doing his favourite like tiptoe bloody Mick Jagger impression being like, oh, he can't touch me. Um, Bizarre scene, Michael. 
Mm. Like, just no need for it. No need for it. But, I mean, it was fun, and we got to see old Loki show off that power set a little bit and have a bit of fun with that. And we got one of the greatest comedic beats in Marvel cinema history in... Loki the alligator going num yeah, <laughs> on President Loki's hand. Him taking a moment to realise that his fucking hand was gone. And Tom Hiddleston having the most fun he has mm. ever had mm. in a Marvel mm. scene. Delicious. Benjamin. Yeah. As I said earlier, this whole series has been a, a love letter to 20th century urban myth. And you said to me, Mick, what do you mean? And I said, Benjamin, remember D.B. Cooper, the famous urban myth D.B. Cooper? Yes. That was Loki. Yes. Benjamin, have you ever heard of Polybius? So I have a, a rough understanding of this, Michael, but I'd imagine you have more research done on this than I, so I'm going to let you take the lead. Polybius is a video game, Ben, that apparently allegedly existed in the 80s as part of a government mind control experiment. Classic government. And thousands of people claim to remember playing it and having weird hallucinations and strange thoughts. But... There is no evidence that it ever actually existed, Ben. And now we know why. Because it was bloody time wiped. It was pruned, Ben. It was pruned. Pruned. Yeah. So this, Michael, again, speaking of the Silver Age comics, we got some bizarre throwbacks in there on top of Polybus. Alioth, the the big Alioth. Sorry, they call it Alioth. Mm. I've always called it Alioth, but they call it Alioth. I thought Alioth was a species of creature. They were like, it's a lioth. And no, I was like, oh, lioth no, sound like it's no good. No, his name is a lioth. It took me a second mm. to look that up. That's a famous character from the TVA. It's a big gaseous temporal erasey beast. Oh, I saw him. Yeah, yeah, he's um, a dog thing. But one of the really interesting things about that, Michael, is he's a prison guard. He's not a, he's not a, a predator. He's a prison guard. Mm. He guards a prison cell and stops people from getting in, not people oh. from getting out. He happens oh. to snack on time variants if they pop up in his, you know, in his existence. But his purpose is not to stop anybody getting out of the weird closet dimension that they're stuck in. The purpose oh. is keeping something in. And Michael, that gives us so many interesting possibilities for this bloody episode because Who's they just in the bloody castle, Ben? Who are we going to get? Who's in there? Who's in there? Ben, before yeah. we go on to that, though, we have to talk about the ship that appears. Do you know? Did you see the ship? Oh, yeah, this is another big thing, isn't it? I, I... The ship is great, Ben. Benjamin, I had to contact your good friend and mine, Cron, from the Cron Craft Show. What's up, Cron? And I said, Cron, you're a man who knows things. And he said, yes, I am. I very much am. What would you like to know? I hope it's about World War Two. And I said, Cron, I guess I tell you what, it is about World War Two. And he said, I suspected it would be delicious. And I said, what was that ship all about? And he said, have you ever heard of the USS Eldridge? Go on. And I said, Ben, what a great name, first of all. Yes. Ben, the USS Eldridge is the ship at the centre of the famous 20th century urban myth and legend, the Philadelphia Experiment. Ooh. Have you ever heard of it? Yes, it's where they tried to make Tom Hanks the most lovable man in America. Very clever. You're talking about the film Philadelphia in which he dies of HIV AIDS. Aww. No, Ben, it's not that. It's yeah. The Philadelphia Experiment, Ben, was an alleged World War II experiment in an effort to make an invisible ship. Ooh. And according to the urban legend, Ben, the ship was docked in the dockyards of Philadelphia. The real USS Eldridge was docked in the dockyards of Philadelphia. And they started the experiment to make it invisible, but not realising that due to Einstein and time and gravity and or space, they'd actually created a bubble of chrono differentiation. Oh, no. And they had teleported the ship to a different parallel universe or a time slightly out of sync with our time. So Ooh. it wasn't just invisible, Ben. It was time shifted. Ooh. And Ben, of course, in the real world, everyone denies that ever happened and uh, the, the facts don't line up. But now we know why, Ben. Well, hang on, Michael. Does that imply that they weren't actually time erased and they just found themselves in that closet dimension by mistake? Potentially, or potentially that they're trying their accidental time travelling caused them to be pruned by the TVA. I mean, I like the other one, though, before that, where the TVA didn't do anything yeah. and they just found themselves like, in that... Oopsie! Ah. Oopsie-daisy! <laughs> oh, um, very enjoyable show, Michael. Looking forward to the final episode. I think it's going to be my top pick 
for Marvel TV shows. I think it's very good. Yes. Um, a lot of people have been conjecturing Michael being like, how are they going to wrap this up? They're not. Yeah. They're not going to wrap this up. This is going to end on a big old cliffhanger. It's not going to end up in a tight little bow, Ben. And I would also be prepared to be disappointed by the reveal. It's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. Um, it's Loki. It has to be Loki. It's... It, Ben, no show in the history of the world has ever benefited by introducing a grand villain in the final scene and going, it's me! And the audience going, who? Who's that? Who? Sorry? What? Who is that? Skeletor? It's Thor. I hope it's Thor. I hope it's Skeletor. It's an evil Thor. Skeletor. Uh, A a skeleton of Thor. Um, No, I think Kang has become the new Mephisto for this series where it's like, oh, it's Kang! It's Kang! It's definitely Kang. Kang. Benjamin. Um... Yeah. Would you do us up some art, please, of Skeletor? I will do. I will do you some arts ben, for Skeletor. It should be Thor's like Skellington, but with Thor's <laughs> winged helmet and Mjolnir. I quite like that. Yes. I will make that. You do that, um, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us on to oh, a bit bloody, of bloody finally. what could have been, Michael. We, we're dealing with even more what could have been and what we got, Michael, in the end. Because unfortunately, this week, as we said, uh, kind of legend. Of cinema, Richard Donner passed away. Dickie D, as we call him, Benjamin. Ben, he was 91. He had a good innings. Yeah. So, some good innings, Michael. A very good innings, Ben. He was 91. He had a good innings. He doesn't appear to have done anything bad or noteworthy. So I think it's fair to say he he had a good one. If he did do something bad and it comes out later, we will prune this oh, episode. Oh, we will the prune timeline. the hell out of it. We will get uh, our glowy sticks and this episode will disappear. But it appears that he's a good egg. Benjamin. Yeah. I would say the old Dickie D, the old Donner Kebab, he is up there with one Kevin Feige as probably the most important person in the history of the genre that which we love so much. The architect um, of of everything we've come to hold dear, Michael. Uh, Richard Donner Did is... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, first of all, b- previous to his Superman experience, so he, he directed and pretty much wrote the first Superman film in 1978. He was hugely influential on that script by the end. And got a, a, a good of the ways through his sequel. Mm. Um it's a terribly interesting story, Ben, if, you, if you're familiar with it. Go on. It was one of the first ever studios signing off on doing a film and its sequel back to back. Yeah. Nowadays, very popular, mostly due to The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings proved that this was a thing that could be done after the failed experiment of Dickie D's Superman. Yes. So they planned to make Superman 1 and 2 back to back, Ben. And Dickie D had almost made Superman, but went massively over budget. Oh, no. Because they really wanted the flying and the superpowers to look brilliant. And it looked good. It looked pretty damn good, Ben, from 1978, years before even I was born. Even you, Michael. And you're the oldest person on this podcast. Exactly, Ben. So the the unfortunate thing was, Ben, they went so over budget... They didn't have enough time or energy to write the new the ending to one. So they, budgets. So they used the ending from two, the original ending from two, for yes. one. <laughs> and said, oh. just stick that ending in there. Everything's grand. Everything is Don't fine. Don't worry about it. And then, then they only had about 25% of two filmed. Oh no, it was 40, about 40%. It varies, Michael, yeah. depending on who you ask. And, and the producers basically said, no, two is too expensive now. We need to do, we need to cut back on it somehow. We still want to make it, but we need to do all these cutbacks. And Dickie D basically couldn't come to an agreement with them and said, Because well, he had a vision. I have a vision for how I want this to go, and we're doing the two of them together. And the studio said, well, you're bloody out then. And he said, all right, well, I will be out. And they seem to have split on relatively good terms. Or so we thought. Or see, but then they got Dickie L in, Ben. Richard Lester. Yeah, Richard, Richard Lester. Lester. And he wanted to do more of a comedy film. So And, oh boy. <laughs> well, Superman 2 is not a bad film. Either version no, no, is no, not no. a bad film. They're just quite different. So they got Dickie L in, Ben. Yeah. And he filmed some of it. Okay. He, he filled in the gaps, basically. He did. And then they took that to the Directors Guild and said, there you go, this is a new film by Dickie L. 
And they said Dickie L hasn't filmed enough of this to count as a director. That's not how this works. And like. and they went, but but we've already made it. And they said, well, look, you're going to have to go back and have Dickie L refilm some of the shit you've already filmed to to get qualified as a director. So they have to yep. refilm the same scenes two years later. Uh, which is madness. It's absolute bonkalacious, Ben. Which is madness. And the fact um, that they managed to get Superman, the most influential f- comic book film, the history of comic book films, and yep. a decent Superman 2 out of it, and then also later a decent Superman 2, the Donner cut out of it, is a sheer uh-huh. miracle. Um, yeah, so I mean... That kind of success, Michael, wasn't replicated until years later then with bloody Infinity War and Endgame where we got two sequels in the fucking space of who knows where we were. It's a lot but, more common these days. Um, the Matrix did it, Lord of the Rings did it, yeah. Infinity's Wars does it. Um, Zack Snyder almost certainly rolled straight into Justice League from Batman vs Superman, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably true, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, a lot more And look how that turned out. Yeah, it doesn't it, it's very rarely done well. So I think tonally it's such an interesting thing because I I, I was watching it during the uh, during the week, Michael, um, and I was also looking at some of the comics from 1978. They're not the same. No, very different. Um, the Superman that we're getting is, I think, Richard Donner's childhood Superman. Mm. I think we're getting the Superman from when Richard Richard Donner was a wee, a was a wee baby director. Mm. Um, and I think we're getting the the kind of early Fleischer Superman um, brought to the silver screen. And it's very interesting um, because it's kind of, it's kind of camp. It's kind of silly. A little bit, yeah. It's kind of silly. Marlon Brando, talk about a Ray Winston. I mean, just <laughs> in there and just I'm not from, suited to uh, it. Krypton, Jor-El, uh, um, listen to me. I don't know why. I don't. This is the worst Brando I've ever heard. I had a look. I think it's pretty. Do- I think it's pretty solid. Um, and I had a look around, Michael. And talk shows were so different then because I looked it up. And, Everyone was um, smoking fags. One of the one of the big things that happened is um, Marlon Brando was reading a script next to the baby. Marlon Brando um, is a legend of cinema for refusing to learn lines. Yeah, and he's reading off a script next to it, and you can see it when you watch the fucking movie. Yeah. His eyes keep moving Doesn't slightly give a shit. over. Does not give and a shit. And it's amazing. And then I watched another thing with um, Christopher Reeve being interviewed, and he was like, "Did uh, was he a professional on set?" And Christopher Reeve just goes, "No, he wasn't. No." Um, and then he's, and then the guy asks him another question. He says, "Was he, um, you know, was it a pleasure to work with a legend like Marlon Brando?" And Christopher Reeve just. Just out of nowhere goes, no, it was actually really unpleasant. Yeah, and, he's um, the worst. I, I couldn't say that it was. And I was just like, the balls. The absolute balls. The balls. They should get him to play Superman. They should get him to play Superman. The balls and they him. did. So what we see at the end of Superman 1, Michael, is the lead into Superman 2, which is where we get to see Zod in the form of Terrence Stamp. Mm. Um, and his two compatriots get blasted off into space like Team Rocket. Um and uh, that leads us into two. But come here to me, Michael, Michael, yes. Michael, Michael. You've put yourself through the Donner Cut. So the Donner Cut's a fascinating thing, Ben. It's it's the Donner Cut is the the nascent seed of the Snyder Cut. This yes. mad concept that someone made a film in 1978, and some internet lunatics are going to revive it in 2006 and make it yeah. into a decent film. And a decent yep. film it is. I would argue arguably a better film than the original Superman 2 it's Mm. there's still slapstick in it it's still got that 70s pacing so for example Ben Superman only meets the villains in the Donner Cut for the final confrontation oh basically the villains villain about the place for the first hour while Superman is off messing about with Lois and giving up his powers and stuff and then sees them on television I think <laughs> and goes oh I should get my powers back so I can go and beat them up and oh, then they're goes, not great are they they're not great they seem like a bad bunch of lads and uh, and goes and beats them up then and then that wraps it all up very nicely it's a weird 70s paced film but it's an hour and 10 minutes or something into the film before the conflict of the film takes place now Michael I have one question and one question only for you go on 
Does he take the Superman symbol off his chest and chuck it lightly no. at one of the villains? No, no. that is gone. That is gone. <laughs> no, the famous cellophane S is gone. A lot of no. the, a lot of the Richard Lester, Rich, Richard Lester wasn't a Superman fan. Ben, nobody on those movies were except. Michael. Dickie D. <laughs> Except Dickie D. But none of those people, Michael, had any any kind of great grow for superhero films. Yeah. And that's what makes it so interesting. Mm. One of the oddest things about the Donner Cut, Ben, is that it has the ending from one. It has the yes. same ending because they're they're going from the original script. So it ends yeah. the same way as Superman 1 with him reversing time and fixing everything. Get out of town. It's very, very, very strange. Also, Get out of town. Because it... Because it, because of the nature of what it is, the first ten minutes is a recap and reimagining of the ending of one. Fuck's sake. Because one doesn't end. In this universe, one doesn't end. So how does end. one end? Uh, well, it, it kind of doesn't really. Superman throws the nuclear bombs into space. Oh, it's a classic. And the nuclear bombs being thrown into space accidentally release the Kryptonians. Oh, that's good, isn't it? And that causes them to crash land on the moon and... And for them to start to go on their sexy rampage. Oh, that's a bit good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, those yeah. those tight fitting, form fitting seventies black suits. I very, tell you. A very sexy <laughs> rampage. Very sexy. Terence Stamp, great Zod. Very good Zod, Ben. Stand before Zod. Now Neil before Zod. Brilliant. Absolute legend. Classic. I used to know Classic. a guy called Neil Ben. And uh, we would always put Zod on lists after his name. Oh, so, so you know, they kneel before Zod. Exactly, very good, see? Very good. Not a good very joke. Good. Benjamin. <laughs> the, but, yeah, it's, it's a That's good... That's why we don't do them on the podcast. No, there's no more <laughs> jokes on the podcast. The, the Donner Cut is a good film. I would argue it's better than Superman 2, the original Superman 2. It has, um, it has Marlon Brando in it instead of Superman's mother. Uh, and, you uh, know, he's doing the, the crap delivery like, uh, Kal-El, why have you given up your powers, you absolute fuckhead? You've <laughs> you've had a one sex with this lady and you want to give up your powers? And Superman's like, yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> Superman is so petty in this, Ben. He gives up his powers, goes and gets beaten up by a bully. Yeah. Sees the news and goes, oh, I shouldn't have given up my powers. Goes back and says, remember that whole dramatic thing where if I give up my powers, that's it, it's all over. Can that be undone? And his dad's like, yes. You fuck. (laughs) I told you, you shouldn't have done this, you absolute fuckhead. And then he gets his powers back and he goes and he beats up the baddies. And then he goes and beats up the bully. He's Superman. He should be above that. I remember, I can't remember where I saw it, but there was a sketch on the internet once where, you know, you know the way he has the amnesia kiss. Yes. And he says, what if Superman went back to that bully and just gave him a big old shift? A big old make him forget amnesia everything. kiss. So that's the thing, Ben. <laughs> the amnesia kiss isn't in the Donner Cut. Yes, it's removed because it's it's up there with cellophane S's. Exactly. That is the major difference. Is Richard Donner wrote this as a Superman fan and he had a better idea. And maybe not a better idea, but he had a closer idea to what we would consider now to be Superman's powers. You know, he's flying about, he's super strong, he's doing breath, breath, he's doing lasers. Um, yeah. He has at various times our not telekinesis, which is a weird one. I, look, best give it to him. That's a, real, uh, that's a real early Superman thing where it was pretty much power of the week. Yeah. Whatever you needed. It's like, oh, Superman, your blood type conforms to every human type. Oh, you're a super donor. Great. Yeah, but he can't um, throw sticky clothes at people. He can't uh, mind wipe a lady with a kiss. Because um, that has some dodgy, very dodgy. dodgy having said that, Ben. Having said that, Miss Tessmacher saves him in Superman One by taking the 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 kryptonite chain off his neck. Yeah, and she gives him a big kiss. And he said, "Why did you give me a big kiss before you saved me?" And she said, "Because I didn't think you would have let me afterwards." And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because that's sexual assault, Miss Tessmacher. Because Miss Tessmacher, that's not okay. That's not okay. You're a bad bloke. Now you are one of the baddies. <laughs> Um, so I mean in yeah. character for you so Gene Hackman also look. refused to come back Ben for the Lester version um, well it's because he's a man of scruples and, and uh, a bit of, bit of background uh, he seems I, to be a big fan of Dickie D so they had to cobble together I can't together, defend basically. anyone anymore Michael no. I can't I can't expose the virtues of any actors because I'm just so afraid that we're going to have to prune the episode yeah what if they turn out to be bad blokes but Ben yeah it's good the Donner Cut's good but regardless of whether you watch 
um, the original Superman by Dickie D and the Donner Cut or watch them all watch all three of them because it's a fascinating thing it's a fascinating thing to watch watching the Lester Cut Ben there are fascinating moments where let's say a wall explodes in the Daily Planet and the baddies come in yeah. And moments before the baddies came in, everyone was standing around. The baddies Classic. bust in through the wall. Yeah. Everyone's standing around in the same spot wearing the same clothes, but is clearly two or three years older. I'm with you. <laughs> it's just bonkers. And then you watch the Donner Cut and it all makes sense. Um, very interesting. Very, very interesting experiment in the history of cinema. But, Ben. Yeah. What we're saying is, it's the birth of the modern comic book film. And old Dickie D, may he rest in peace, not only directed both of those, was also, Ben, the producer of your favourite film, X-Men, from 2000. Get out of town! Benjamin, he basically single-handedly created comic book films. We owe so much to Dickie D. For good or for ill. Benjamin, the other thing is, Superman's probably what Richard Donner's most remembered for. Did you know he also made The Omen? He made the omen, Michael. Ben, the the father of the modern modern horror film. Yeah, and he also made the bloody Goonies, the, Michael. The Goonies, Ben. This man made everything. The father of the modern. What are those kids doing in that underground cave film? This man is cinema. <laughs> he is cinema, Ben. He single handedly wrote the parental neglect genre. <laughs> <laughs> and then Superman gets sexually assaulted. Anyway, then, yeah, ben, the, look, uh, that's probably enough for one week, I would say. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. What did you think of all the stuff we reviewed this week? What are your thoughts on the Black Widow film? What did you think of Loki episode five? Are you excited for the conclusion? What's your favorite Richard Donner movie? Because he wrote all of them. Um, he wrote all the best know. ones. The Goonies is you my favorite. <laughs> if you're wondering, you can get in touch with us in a couple of different ways, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the interwebs at www.shamrabiog.com. C-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com Means tiny room in Irish We are on Instagram At Sherlock sure Listen Podcast Means Sherlock sure sure Listen in English <laughs> You can find us on Twitter At ListenSure And Yes And all of those Michael Pale in comparison mm. To getting up on that Discord Hop baby. up on that Discord Ben There's more people every week We're starting to build a nice little community community get mm. up on there have a chat with us suggest things if you haven't had enough of us this week ladies and gentlemen stay tuned for the release of our second podcast collecting issues the bi-weekly comic book book club which will be out this very Wednesday oh shit is it uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> featuring, crap. featuring Black Widow Shield's Most Wanted oh uh, god I haven't <laughs> read that <laughs> so Michael's going to get on that oh, or if that's if you don't want any kind of book club stuff you can join us in a week's time where we'll be taking a look at Netflix horror experiment bloody Fear Street Fear Street bloody Fear um, Street and meta horror in the 2020s oh is that what we're going to do well we'll go from from the from 2010 onwards to the meta horror genre well the meta horror um, Ben arguably started with Scream well getting by on your 80s tropes <laughs> we're going to call it alrighty um, then that sounds like a good episode alrighty um, so we're going to do that episode next week. Is it going to be a horror extravaganza? Oh. Okay, bye-bye. All right, okay, see you then. Superman! That was awful. It was brilliant. <laughs>